Welcome to a special episode of Life in the Front Office. Here today, your host, Jay Kirschman, with Ron Siever with the National Sports Forum and Andy Dolich, who is also very familiar with the National Sports Forum. And, and it's actually about a week out. We were talking earlier in Las Vegas this year. So what happens at the National Sports Forum, I believe, stays at the National Sports Forum or something of that sort. But I will let Andy, Andy introduce Ron and, and kind of take it from there. Well, actually, our motto is anything that happens at the National Sports Forum is broadcast to any place through any device possible across the world because it is truly uh, a band of brothers and sisters. Ron will talk a bit about how this all got started, but it really is sharing ideas and sharing opportunities to network. Um, and. You know, Jake, you were talking about the fact that 2019 is coming up in Las Vegas, and Ron can say, you know, au contraire, but it's coming up in five days, 13 hours, 14 minutes, and no seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Andy just dropped off. So, Ron... Uh, Andy happens to do this to his famous guests that come on the podcast. So he'll just drop off and then basically reappear. Um, he did that to the famous Brent Shove, who might off, who might also be talking at the National Sports Forum, I believe, as well, potentially, but, uh, or, or, or has in the past. But, Ron, do you want to kind of fill in our audience on really, hey, if they haven't heard of the National Sports Forum, what is it? How did it get started? And um, what's it all about? Uh, absolutely, Jake. Thank you very much. And to Andy, if and when he comes back, he may have just gotten bored and left. But uh, uh, if anything, uh, he would love this one because he basically has uh, he has his history. His roots are in it in its starting, if you would. Uh, and so to answer your question, I am a, an old baseball guy. Uh, go back to the 80s uh, with the San Diego Padres. And I was in charge with the Padres in those days with uh, all the things, sponsorship, promotions, all the on-field activities that we used to do back in those days. And started with them in 83. My last year was the end of 1990. Uh, And I loved it. It was absolutely great. And every year in the fall, we would go off, all the promotions and marketing folks uh, would be invited to Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, as part of Major League Baseball, and we would share different ideas uh, over about two or three days. Uh, what we now call best practices in those days, it was a little bit of the good, the bad, and the ugly, talking <laughs> about you know what really worked, and oh my God, what was your biggest disaster, and what did you do? Uh, and you learn from the good news and the bad news, trust me. Uh, and... And so in this case, I remember going there. And in in those days, I was absolutely, it was 1984. Uh, I sat there in the room. I was the only one from the Padres that was there that year. And I sat in the room and I listened to the luminaries, the guys that I had read about uh, that were with other ball clubs. uh, Because truth be told, we really never talked to each other. I mean, even during the course of the year, and you might sit there and go, well, that's because you guys are rivals and you play each other. When you go to a meeting like this, you very quickly begin to understand that while you may compete on the field, you definitely don't compete in the front office. And, you know, this is really one of those examples of if we can just hang together, we're going to be so much better off than just trying to do it by ourselves. Uh, Because there's some really amazingly bright people out there 
that are geniuses at this craft. And, and since he's not on the line, I can say that Andy Dolich is one of them. If he shows up on the line, I'll deny that I ever said <laughs> that. But uh, in, in this case, you know, I, you just absolutely just find it, it, it amazing to sit there and just I could I was getting writer's cramp writing down great ideas that different ball clubs were doing. And I couldn't wait to get back to the to the Padres and share them. Uh, and I typed up all my notes and I bound them and passed them out at a director's meeting and just wanted to just different ideas for everybody to share. And it was it was just incredible because, guys, we're really missing it by not going to these meetings. I mean, everybody should be going to these meetings. And sure enough, I think that first year there's maybe 50 people, uh, at least my first year. I think it had been going on since I think they used to do it as part of the World Series. Uh, but as as the department started to grow and front offices started to grow, you broke out promotions departments and marketing departments and sponsorship departments uh, to the point where it is now. Uh, but in those days, we had maybe 50 people in the front office of our ball club, and that would include the scouts and the player development people. So I remember sitting there distinctly in 1984 uh, listening to Andy Dolich uh, up on stage talking about you know Billy Ball and what they were doing at the Oakland A's. And I mean, it was just amazing to me that i mean this is one of the geniuses of our industry and and i was just so impressed so I, yeah he's such a genius <laughs> that he can't even make his phone work correctly and thank you gentlemen for picking up where i made the infield error um so uh, i apologize well as, as no. you may have missed ron ron will now deny that you are a genius of your type so Andy's okay. He's just passable. <laughs> I'm amazed that he's still been able to hang on this long by his fingernails. But uh, no, seriously, though, just to finish the, the kind of the background, the, the sordid history of this. Um, but it started to grow. The, those meetings back in the fall, business meetings continued starting to grow. And I, I got a chance to meet Pat Gallagher, who I know is near and dear to, uh, to this product. And just a, a, another, like Andy, just another genius, uh, one of the, the godfathers, if you would, of marketing and ticket, ticket sales and sponsorship. Uh, and, you know, the, the thought had occurred after going to these meetings for about six or seven years, while this was great, I was somewhat curious, to, you know, and I remember sitting in a bar at night, you know, where all good things happen at a conference, <laughs> sitting there talking to the guys that that I'd kind of come up with. And every year we'd all get together and I, I, and I posed the question to the guys. I said, you know, this is good, but would you guys ever be interested in going to the NBA meetings? And they were like, what? And I said, you know, or like the NFL meetings or something. It's like, why would we do that? And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Well, Ron, we're baseball, they're basketball. I said, oh, shoot, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're in the same business. We're in the ticket sales business. They may play with a different, you know, different ball and in a different environment uh, or even hockey. You know, they may even speak French Canadian. But at the end of the day, we all very much are in the same business. And, you know, I, I remember it, it was really funny. Everybody said, no, nah, sit there and drink your beer. That's just never going <laughs> to happen. It's never going to happen. I'm like, guys. You know, somebody ought to do this. Somebody ought to, you know, because whether we know it or not, we really are a fraternity. And the the reality was very. And Sorari. And Sorari. And Sorari. But and I, Sorari. I mean that fraternity by a fraternal, right. not right. just a, a guy's thing, but a guy's <laughs> and a girl's thing. And, you know, to that point, to that argument, 
the tribe of sports. Yes. We're all in the tribe of sports. And, and what we just, the reality of it is we just never really interact with each other. We don't know each other. And so the idea was somebody ought to, somebody ought to start an event and just bring everybody together. And, you know, I mean, that idea, like so many, went into the nighttime as we ordered a few more beers. And, you know, but I, when I left the ball club, uh, I spent three years on the agency side in the early 90s. Uh, and then, you know, still staying here in San Diego. Uh, but I never forgot that idea. It was like somebody really ought to start this thing. And it just doesn't exist. And heck, even Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball executives don't get. Now, they, the, the front office people, the, the, the GMs and, you know, the scouting directors get together. But honestly, even at the winter meetings or the fall meetings, you don't get the marketing people and ticket sales from Minor League Baseball and Major League Baseball together. And last I checked, we share the same commissioner. So, you know, we really should. It just sort of sounds. And it, it seemed like a good idea at the time, as they say. Uh, and in, in 1995, uh, I started working on putting on what would have then been the very first national sports forum. Uh, and it became the harbinger of what we're doing today. So that's kind of the, the backstory of it. And I would just jump in that, you know, when Ron talked about all of these leagues getting together, the baseball business meetings, postseason business meetings, was probably the first and most active of all the big four sports. But uh, the front offices just got too big, you know, where we were together maybe with 200 plus people from all the teams, the commissioner's office, sponsors, broadcasters. Now we have 200 people working in a front office, you know, times 30. So it, it didn't work. And, you know, I'm not very bright. I appreciate Ron. So when he said, you know, why don't we go to the NBA? Why don't we go to the NFL? Why don't we go to the NHL? I thought he was telling me, why don't you go get a job in another <laughs> league? No. So I just... It took me a bunch of years to go, oh, you were talking about a concept, not me going to work <laughs> in all these other leagues. Andy, not did, very Andy did go do that. Yeah. So. When Ron Seaver <laughs> talks, I follow whatever he says. And he goes, hey, numbskull, I meant this concept. So now, if you sort of have the four circles, of almost like the Olympic rings and continents, you know, sponsorship sales and partner activation, marketing and fan engagement, ticket sales and service and business development. Because with all the scary smart stuff that we've talked about, analytics, uh, metrics, digitization, if you don't generate money, the fluid that flows through the veins of sports is green. And if you can't figure out ways to do that, you know, the next one under the microscope here, starting right on Sunday, is going to be the Alliance of American Football. Yeah. A lot of PR, lots of stuff going. A lot of people have tried to compete with the NFL over decades. And I think there's only one National Football League last time I looked. <laughs> so, so, you know, we'll see how that works. And I would just say before we move on to the next chapter, I was lucky enough to be at the first national sports forum and um, Ron, the number of attendees, can you uh, please tell the audience what that was? <laughs> well, I have to back up one step because 
we tried to launch this in 1995 and many people had advised me that I had talked to uh, one of my mentors, Andy Strasberg at the Padres had said, this is, this is never going to work. I mean, you will never be able to get this thing off the ground. And I was, you know, I set to the task, like I'll show you. And I went out there and we got 10 really great speakers uh, top notch, including Mr. Dolich, uh, and to come out and speak. And with a week to go, we had three people signed up. And so I had no choice but to cancel. And, and I made the hotel a promise that if they would let me pay this out over time, I would bring the next year back to them, 1996. All 10 of our speakers were gracious enough to accept the invitation to roll this over a year. And the next year, we actually did put on the very first one. It was in Colorado Springs. Uh, and it, we had 32 people, including our speakers, 32 people there on site that particular year. That was the middle of January in 1996. Well, everything's got to start and somewhere, I, right? I, no, I would say that uh, the uh, – the dinner, uh, which I nicknamed the Last Supper that we had in Colorado, <laughs> to talk about how the event had gone, and my memory might be clouded, Ron is much more clear-eyed, was really a great event. It was exactly what Ron envisioned to have people from all different levels of sport and multiple sports together. It just wasn't big enough, although I don't know what the number was that Ron had in his mind, but I remember holding up a glass and say to Ron Siever, I am honored to be at the first and absolutely last national <laughs> sports forum. <laughs> is that not true, that Ron? Is, that is very true. That is very true. And I, I was adamant. I mean, I remember – uh, I'm now over a hundred thousand dollars in the uh, in the hole, and my wife telling me, "So what are we going to do?" And I was like, "Well, what do you mean? We're going to do this again?" <laughs> and she's like, "Wait a minute! You're two years in into this. You had three the first year, thirty-two this year. I mean, what's the game plan? You know, we're going to keep doing this till they come get the house." And uh, I just I was adamant. I was like, "No, this is. It's just there's to me. I absolutely love the idea of getting." even if it's just 32 people together in a room talking about openly, not where people are guarded or checking their egos, you know, or not checking their egos, you know, I, I mean, really sharing with each other and really helping each other out in, in a way that, you know, is very rare. You very rarely see this anywhere else. And, and so I, I did, I mean, somehow or other, I managed to keep both the forum and my wife and we moved forward the next year, we had 200 people and we started this process then at that point, Jake, where we started moving the forum around the country. So each year we'd go to a different city and it would give us an opportunity to incorporate into the agenda the ability to tell the story about that community. Like what makes this such a great sports town? There's not a city out there that doesn't think that they're sports town USA. Great. We're here. Let's take some time. Let's have some sessions, you know, sprinkled in. Uh, let's have some speakers sprinkled in that can talk to the story about what's going on in this particular community that we could all learn and hopefully, you know, take back with us. You know, I, I'd love it if you got on the airplane on, you know, on Tuesday night or Wednesday and just said, man, that's a great sports city. This is what or a great sports organization. This is what we need to do. So that became the model doing behind the scenes tours 
breakout sessions, super panels, workshops. I mean, it's it's a very social event, but I think Andy would also agree. It's also a, a very academic. There's a lot of education, uh, primarily still best practices. Tell us what you did in Toronto at the Raptors. Let's break it down. What could we take away from that conversation? You know, because anybody who says, oh, that won't work for me, probably isn't coming back. You know, you just have to figure it out. Yes, you did it with a basketball. I'm a baseball team, but there's 14 nuggets right there I could take back with me, and I'll look like a genius. What was great? Well, I think we just lost Andy again. You know, I think as he starts to ask those questions, he just wants to kind of leave it out in the air for our listeners to wonder what he was going to (laughs) ask. So, again, I might just, you know, I got to say, too, uh, Fred and Pat, who who are also our co-hosts, have yet to drop off on any episode we've had to date, except for Andy. So uh, I might guess user error on that one, but uh, Ron, you know, who knows at this point, right? Well, I'm pretty sure that he needs, he's probably in a phone booth, and you know, they only <laughs> give you so many minutes, you know, when you put those quarters in there. So, you know, he probably just needs to settle up uh, with, with uh, Pac Bell uh, a little true. bit, but you know, but that said, Andy really was, I mean, he's not here, but he has been really a fabric that's woven through the entire concept. And he would be the last one to tell you this um, because that's not Andy, but to be truthfully, you know, he, every year always, we always make time he and I to sit off to the side and spend time and he'll go down a list of all the things. I think this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Um, So, you know, my job is just to listen and obey. Uh, you know, because Andy, he loves and this this whole product that we're doing here is is evidence that Pat, I mean, Andy, Fred, Claire, they love the business of what we're doing and they're students of the business, which I think is just so admirable. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you reach a point I meet a lot younger people who think they have all the answers. So when I get to meet somebody, you know, that's my age and they're sitting there going, hey, there's so much out there I still need to learn. Let's talk about it. Boy, I tell you, that just energizes you. Uh, oh, but uh, I, I do. I owe a, just a huge debt of gratitude to Andy uh, for, for keeping this going, keeping the ball rolling on this. Absolutely. So jump forward to 2019. Sure. NSF in Vegas. How many how many I think where Andy might have been going was. How many participants are we looking at this year um, and, and what's that growth look like over the last 20 <laughs> some years? Well, the gone are the days when we had 32 people. I will say that. But it took a while uh, and, and it just it just started to mushroom as people told other people told other people. I mean, this is not an industry where you can buy advertising on ABC television. Uh, right. So it's really just word of mouth and people telling other people and nobody has to go to the forum. I mean, there's not a league mandate. They're not taking attendance. So this is really I tell people I tell my team here, this is a guilty pleasure and we have to make it well worth, you know, all of their time and money and energies to get there. Um, so now as we get ready, we're like I said, we're about to push off for Las Vegas. We'll have somewhere between a thousand eleven hundred people. Uh, wow. That will be on site. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's nothing. Nothing's more energizing than that ballroom on, on the first day when everybody is, is standing and sitting and the place is just packed. But the energy is tremendous and you'll have oh, well over 150 different ball clubs and sports properties. And the fun part is that there's also an equal number of agencies, sponsors, product and service providers to these 
um, folks that are all attending. But here's one thing, Jake, that has never changed, uh, and that is the four pillars of the forum. So when we built this, we decided, I mean, we could go off in a million different directions. And if you're not careful, you will. Um, sure. But the one thing that I think stayed true is that we built this thing around four pillars and, and that are common to all of us in that room. And that would be ticket sales, sponsorship, marketing, and business development. So all the topic, now it's expanded, as you might imagine, you know, back in 1996, we weren't talking about social media. We weren't mm -hmm. talking about sports gaming or, you know, activation. Uh, I mean, things have just evolved so much. Mobile marketing, none of that was analytics weren't discussed. So the industry has changed. But still, the one thing that stayed consistent, and Andy said it earlier about, you know, the, the blood running through our veins is green. Our job at the end of the day with all these different bells and whistles, we're in the business of selling tickets, entertaining our customers. And if you don't sell tickets, really, nobody's going to want to sponsor an empty ballpark. No one's going to want to broadcast from an empty arena. Uh, mm -hmm. You've got to make sure that you are making that product, whether you're, and hey, let's face it, not every team wins. So, you know, all those teams out there, only one team wins in every league. Everyone else, I guess, officially loses. But, you know, some teams lose more than others. And I got to tell you, there's nothing worse than, you know, having a bad ball club. And it's a long season. So sure. you know, what are we doing to entertain our fans, to engage our fans, keep them with us, supporting us as we rebuild or as we, we try to reconstruct? How are we keeping our sponsors engaged? How are we keeping them engaged with their customers that they're trying to get in touch with? And, and different smart people have great ideas out there where they are certainly able, hey, this is what's working for us in Kansas City. This is what's working for us in Dallas. And it's like, wow, those are some great ideas. And you just, your only mission is to, is to change it, evolve it into your particular product. Uh, and at the same time, you're getting, looking at that opportunity to sit down with potential sponsors, maybe existing sponsors and discuss your contracts. Um, but it's a great opportunity all under one roof where you have a, a broad expanse of different teams and organizations. And, and we talk primarily about stick and ball, but you're also talking about UFC being there and Churchill Downs being there. Uh, I mean, you know, there's uh, motorsports are there uh, and you have representatives from all kinds. Golf tournaments are on site, tennis tournaments. Uh, and so telecommunication really experts like Andy Dolish are there too. Who can talk? <laughs> He's about. back. The advances in cellular technology, uh, it either is sunspots, my inability to have a phone work for more than five minutes, but it has been pretty good to ask a question that knows that it has an intelligent answer and that Jake uh, can handle this way, way better than me. Well, I think, I think I've developed the ability to read Andy's mind over this, over the last couple of podcasts since I've, I've, uh, almost continued the questions for him. So, uh, Ron. Not very difficult, not very difficult to do. <laughs> and if I drop out based upon Russian hackers, I'll let you guys finish up. And, uh, Ron, I know I will see you uh, on Saturday. Well, Absolutely. Ron, Ron I, I got a question for you. So out of the 1,100, you know, or so uh, attendees, what does that typical demographic look like? I know you just explained how many, uh, you know, parts of the industry it stems across, but 
the first time I was ever introduced to the National Sports Forum was when I was in grad school at Ohio University and and we had this thing called the Case Cup tryouts. And I was like, what are what's the Case Cup tryouts? And I mean, it was a big deal. And so, uh, you know, talk a little bit about what that looks like uh, as an activity for, for you guys at NSF and kind of where that all started. Absolutely. Um, the Case Cup competition is actually will start this Friday evening. Uh, so it actually starts before Andy gets there uh, and it starts before most people get there. But there will be representatives, four person teams, uh, plus an academic advisor from 12 of the top sports management programs in the country uh, and MBA programs in the country. They all come together each year uh, and they start a competition that begins on Friday night. Uh, and we've just been delighted to have Ohio University with us. They go all the way back to Ohio and Oregon, University of Oregon, the Warsaw School, uh, go all the way back to the beginning of the very first Case Cup, which was in uh, 2007. And the, we've met some great kids. I want to say kids, but, you know, they're soon to jump into the industry. And so selfishly for us, Jake, uh, it's a great spawning ground for future NSFers. This is a lot of times their very first introduction to the forum is through the Case Cup. And to finish the explanation, we start the competition. The, the cases get distributed uh, first thing on Saturday morning. Uh, each team will then have 24 hours to take it apart and put together a marketing program, which will be presented to um, a panel of experts on Sunday. You know, there's academics on the juries, but most of them are all practitioners. Uh, and it's a very what we call a real world case. I can't tell you what it is yet. Uh, it's under, no, it's no under wraps. No secrets given out on life in the front office. I can't do it. I promise. <laughs> and uh, so in this case, it'll be a fun case. I know people are really going to enjoy it. Uh, and then on Sunday, there's you know they break into three different flights. Uh, we bring the winners together after lunch. They now uh, the three flight winners then uh, they compete on Sunday uh, for the for the championship which is then announced to the General Assembly on Monday, uh, and they come up and they get a chance. But the, the fun part is once the competition is over, and I guarantee you there's not a whole lot of sleep. The guys, don't get, guys and girls don't get much sleep on Saturday night. Um, but when the competition is over, uh, now it's our job to entertain them. You know, we, we want them to come to all the different sessions, really experience the forum, take it back with them, because the hope is that in you know, five years from now, three years from now, seven years from now, um, they'll be in a position with their organization. And we see this increasingly uh, where they can get budget to come to the forum. So for us, it's a bit of a development ground uh, program uh, because to the first part of your question, Jake, I would say the, the majority of our participants are at the director, senior director, VP level. You're right there in that sweet spot uh, where they're, they've got the budget. They're on the front lines. They're the ones actually getting it done uh, all the way up to the ones who are planning the strategy. Senior manager. And the great, part, the great part about this is having been lucky enough to be a judge for several years and Ron moves people around, um, you just see the incredible uh, increase in bandwidth of uh, career capabilities of all these young men and women. And I'm really glad that I'm not 27 trying to get a job in the industry today because I'd be kicked to the curb pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it, again, it's an example of the total immersion 
that National Sports Forum is known for. And Ron, have we talked as we get to the end here, have we talked about BDSE at all while I was in outer space? No, that's uh, and to your point, Andy, that's a program that started several years ago as well. Uh, I want to say in 2013, we launched our first program for BDSE, which Andy was one of the godfathers of, uh, which is an entering for uh, the business of development uh, in sports and entertainment. Uh, And uh, I'm sorry, I said business business of diversity in sports and entertainment. Uh, And it's really focused on you know, there was a, a, a certainly a, an obvious gap that we were missing as you looked into our audience year after year after year. And people like Andy, who have seen this, you know, were able to you know bring it up and discuss ways that we could try to address this. But it was pretty much a, a middle-aged white male gathering, and with you were with some older white guys like me and. And brother Mike Boykin and I literally like the two guys in the Muppets up in the (laughs) balcony. I think it's Statler and Hilton or whatever, you know, that would look down and go, wait a second. That doesn't quite represent what we uh, strive to do and what we are in sports. And very, very quickly with Ron's um, incredible uh, ability to listen Jim Kaler at OU, we created the Business of Diversity in Sports and Entertainment, uh, created cohorts, um, which gives these young people who are in the industry the opportunity to get to meet each other, again, interdisciplinary, and meet some of the brightest minds. I remember a lecture that Oliver Luck did a few years ago and many, many others, and it's turned itself into almost a quality self-governing organization that what do we have now, Ron? 175 graduates I think of so, the yeah. or something like that. I think so. And they help each other. And these are people that were kind of department heads, what have you, and now are VPs, EVPs. And, you know, to see that happen, there's not a lot of other conferences. You have a lot of these meetings where people stand up on a podium and say, hi, I invented basketball. <laughs> and you'd you go, but you're not Dr. James Naismith, <laughs> are you? Uh, uh, or I invented metrics and analytics. Eh, maybe not. Uh, but what's great about National Sports Forum is the interchange of ideas. People are open and there is always a quality product that comes out, if nothing else, in building people's relationships, but more so building the best ideas in a multidisciplinary level at every kind of sport you can think about. I mean, to be there for each other, you know, and that's really not just at the forum, but hopefully beyond the forum. Uh, If it, you know, if it doesn't start here, then it just continues here. And you start to meet people and expand your, your horizon uh, so that, you know, there's always people out there that you can reach out to, when you want to pick their brains or you're asking a question uh, or you're trying to hire somebody. I mean, you just, for, for so many different reasons that you couldn't do back when Andy and I were just getting started, you wouldn't pick up the phone and call somebody from another uh, team or different sport and, you know, try to pick their, I mean, they, they don't know you, but now they do. And you're there for them when they call you. I mean, we, we really, we call it the forum family, uh, but for, for a very good reason. You know, and, we want to make sure think, there. Right. 
I think a way to uh, to sign off for this incredible conversation is, you know, we've lost a member of our family, Mike Redlick, who I worked with in Memphis with the Grizzlies, the 49ers. He's an OU grad. He's worked in other sports, Indy. He's an instructor, was an instructor at the University of Central Florida. Mike passed a few weeks ago. And we will honor Mike's memory and talk about how we carry that forward to support his family. You don't see that happen in a lot of other locations. And Ron has been a major factor in this. It's a sad moment, but it also underscores that this isn't just words. It truly is a family. I couldn't put that any better, but and I thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity to come out and, and tell you a little bit about it. I, I hope if, uh, if I can leave our, our website address for anybody that wants to check it out, because it's every year around this time, about a week after the Super Bowl, we let everybody go home and unpack, and then we bring them to a different location. But if you're interested, if you're listening to this and you're interested in more information on it, uh, I would suggest steer you towards our website at www.sports-forum.com. And if you are out there and you want to take advantage of it for this year, uh, the family's coming together starting this weekend. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Looking forward to hearing some stories from Andy and yourself about uh, 2019 national sports forum in vegas and uh, we'll look forward to uh, hearing more about it on social media as i'm sure many ideas are shared so appreciate excellent it. and and always looking forward to having you on in a future episode well thank you very much jake i really appreciate it and if anybody ever finds andy uh, give him a new <laughs> cell phone or hardwire him because uh, uh <laughs> he's the phantom he's he, come and gone but no there's been a lot he really of fun. is I thank you very, very much. All right. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, for stay tuned uh, to hear more about Life in the Front Office uh, next week. And follow us on Twitter at Life Front Office. And visit our new website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com. Thanks.